Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Cardboard Herald, my chance to talk with creative gamers and game creators. And returning to the show from the Enigma Emporium, I have Kiara Voss. Welcome back, Kiara. Hello. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure having you back because we've got this project on the horizon, Cart Rouge. You yes. are going to be kickstarting this amazing artifact of cryptographic gaming memorabilia nonsense it's beyond my brain i I never know how to talk about these things i didn't know last time i don't know how to define (laughs) them now in spite of me having reviewed them at this point let's tell (laughs) the people what is carte rouge so carte rouge i first came up with this concept just a little over a year ago this has been my main focus since it is a deck of playing cards You can use them to play gin or poker, any sort of variety of card game. But they are also an entire narrative story told in clues, codes, ciphers, and puzzles hidden within the artwork of the deck itself. So it hides a lot in something very innocuous, something very everyday that everyone has on hand. It's really something else. So the prototype copy that I got seems from my perspective pretty much just like a production copy it is beautiful i know there are going to be some changes it's going to have like some increased uh like printing standards or you know certain types of ink are going to be used but this thing just looks like the prettiest deck of cards that you would feel so classy playing with but as soon as you start digging a little bit you're like that's weird huh that's strange. I wonder if that means something. And the amount of stuff that you packed in there is insane. Like, it is crazy. <laughs> Once you start going through the rabbit hole and and you start challenging yourself to figure out what are these things referring to, what could they refer to, it, it is a lot that you have in there. So, like, what do you tell people to expect when they get this thing? Expect to dive in. Most of the face cards have a good sized border on them. And that allowed for more room to fit clues, codes, and ciphers onto that artwork. But there is also some little bits and pieces visually that don't quite fit into a standard deck of cards. Overall, it's a very traditionally aesthetic deck. You know, it's got your very nice court cards that face out with bold coloring and various implements and their nice robes but as you get further and further in it will become more and more intricate and you'll realize there are more and more layers to what is happening what i think is so impressive is that when you look at it at first especially if you know it's from the enigma emporium it's got some sort of puzzle that's involved to this if you have some kind of understanding like a baseline understanding of what you might be getting into you'll look at it and you'll say i see a lot of symbols and i see a lot of numbers and some of it is like english language stuff or the arabic numeral system some of it's going to be symbols that you're not necessarily familiar with but you don't Mm -hmm. necessarily think you're going to get a lot of narrative out of that but yeah you do you find ways of telling a story with this, uh, which was, I guess, my initial hesitation as someone going in because I was like, oh man, is this just going to be like the world's hardest Sudoku meets the world's hardest crypto (laughs) quote? Uh, This is going to like break my brain because those are things I can't really do. But there's a lot that has to do with actual narrative and the construction of language and pointing people in certain directions. Like, 
What was your main inspiration for this? I find the symbolism behind playing cards really interesting. I find them to be very exemplary of a really interesting feature of humans being our desire to play. There's something that adults are consistently allowed to play with and adults have been allowed to play with for many centuries at this point. And it's fun to take that format of play and stretch it even further. And so in respect to that history, that's the direction I took the narrative. And I tried to interweave it with history as it was and write in my own little changes. You are doing something that's different than what the Enigma Emporium has done in the past. So what was particularly challenging about this project? It's a lot of art. Yeah. I have been drawing very, very consistently most every day for the better part of a year. Zero. I have gotten very, very good at using Adobe Illustrator. That is how <laughs> I have drawn all of the cards. I'm blown away. Those are fantastic, especially the Jokers. Um, in the, the video, which I actually already sent to you as of recording this, uh, the, the review video, I conclude with a reveal of the female Joker, which I was just so taken away with the, the freshness, but also kind of classical regality of it but i don't know like it, it was just such a cool card like that is something that is frame worthy and I, i'm impressed color me impressed that you did the <laughs> yeah. artwork for the game thank you the jokers are the only two that i drew full from scratch of the face cards the other ones it is a very very traditional base that was actually made public domain back in the early 1800s and so I pulled the base outline from that so I would be working with something really traditional and then filled in everything else on top of that and swapped out certain details, especially on the queens, mm -hmm. in order to better suit the narrative that I was building. Getting to the actual puzzles themselves, what was something that unique that you wanted to do with this that you wouldn't have been able to do with, say, any of your previous projects at this point? Like, was there a particular type of puzzle or, or a, a type of solution or a way of thinking even, if you can even tell me without spoiling any of the secrets? I can try. You can try. We can um, dance around this a whole lot. Kind of hearkening back to what I was just saying it's a very visual medium, and that is challenging in its own way. A postcard gives you this nice large block of text that a postcard just innately has built into it. It's for sending large messages. And a deck of cards has no such space. And so it was trying to work around and figure out a way to convey just enough to lead players where I wanted them to go with it still feeling satisfactory and interesting. And it lends itself very nicely to splitting stuff up into lots of different pieces. Because a deck of cards is at once one singular object and 52 unique, distinct pieces. So it's a very different process from working on the postcards. 
that's one of the things that I like most about it. Like structurally, they're, they're, they can be solved in parallel, the puzzles. Yet at the same time, I like that there is a, a through line that some things will lead to other things that will give you an epiphany and you'll be like, aha, this blows this whole thing wide open. And that's going to lead to another sort of foothold that you can get in order to get to whatever the next mystery is. So I think that it actually is something that's well-suited to groups, even if you could play it entirely on your own, just looking over these cards, playing solitaire while solitarily solving the mystery, which is an interesting thing in and of itself. Now, I know Enigma Emporium is a partnership, so how much did Logan have to do with Cart Rouge, or was this really your baby and he was just kind of on the sidelines for this one? This has definitely been my baby. He has handled things in majority up until this point. You know, I'll help out with various assorted emails. I play test very, very consistently, help orchestrate various things in the background. But a lot of the front facing work and design work has been his wheelhouse up until very recently. And I am taking point on this because I have been plugging away at it in the background for a very, very long while now. Is it a relationship where you guys are like almost each other's adversaries with puzzles? You're like, ha let me give <laughs> you this thing. See if you can solve this one. Like, I, I got to imagine that anytime you guys come up with something that you're possibly going to put out there, that each of you are the, the first person you turn to and say, check this thing out and see what you think about it. Couldn't you solve it? How hard was it? Do you think that it could be elevated from here? Should it be more difficult? You know, are those the kind of questions that you're asking each other? Oh, absolutely. We regularly consult each other and go back and forth and talk through various ideas and what we're thinking at any given time for the direction that we're going with various stuff. But there's also the interplay of, you know, when one of us feels particularly clever about something we came up with, just sending it to the other person and being like, bet you can't solve it. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's healthy, at least to a point. I think we also have each cultivated our own people within the general puzzle community as well, and people who appreciate puzzles to consult on that sort of thing and pass things along to for base review as well, because... As much as it makes sense for us to work together, we have been working on the same puzzles in tandem for a while at this point. And so we're very good at the kind of puzzles the other person comes up with and understand where they're coming from and the logic behind it. And so it's hard to tell whether or not our solving of that will hold true when we pass it on to other people. You got to have blind playtesters. No matter what you're doing, whether it's puzzles or games, you got to have people who don't know you going in and trying that thing out. Was this overall a pretty smooth project as it came to fruition getting to this point or were there like some major hurdles along the way? And I'm not just talking about the the amount of work that was going into the artwork or actually coming up with the solutions, but were there <laughs> like major problems where you're like, "Man, I, I don't know that 
we can actually make what we want to make, either because there were particular difficulties in making it accessible to people, or you thought that certain puzzles just weren't fleshing together in the way that you wanted them to, or any other production concerns about making a deck of cards that was going to feasibly be able to deliver this information. I wish I could say it had come together just in one nice, smooth, continuous occurrence, but it did not. I would say another snag was trying to find a production company. We have to date just ordered from a direct print company for the postcards and packed them ourselves and shipped out from there. And playing cards are a much more niche item within the print industry than postcards. And so there are only, you know, a handful of companies that do custom decks in smaller quantities because we aren't trying to order, you know, 20,000. It'd be great if we were ordering 20,000, but that's not anticipated numbers. And so that process took several months of trying to figure out a which companies were available and then b who we actually wanted to print with who could offer all of the various features we were looking for etc etc puzzles again another nice little snag not so much in fitting things into the deck itself because that came as a relatively natural process but more so determining the submission mechanism the postcard-based games have a online submission mechanism. I'm not going to say any more than that for spoiler-type reasons. But that is something we have received a ton of positive feedback on and that we feel we need to try and retain in some capacity is a way for people to get closure, to know that they have found what all there is to find and know that they have completed everything we've offered them. And so trying to figure out a way to do that that felt appropriately on theme for the narrative that I am building and allowed for all of those various assorted things on the players and has been a lot of mental gymnastics. But I think we're getting there. So you have the Kickstarter coming soon. When is that launching? We are currently on track to launch August 20th. So just under a month from today. And what's the scariest thing about launching on August 20th, just under a month from today? Come on, you are down to the wire, and this is your <laughs> first front and center project that that you took point on. It's a lot of moving pieces. Mm -hmm. Having to have all of the assorted graphics to make sure that everything looks very nice. Trying to make sure that I have good photos of the deck as it stands right now all sorts of information for people about the changes that are still being made as we move forward, because it is very close to done, but not as done as I would like. I might be slightly asinine, but it is okay. Just all the pieces, all the various pieces. Uh, I spent most of my afternoon today actually working on shooting the video for the Kickstarter, which I am excited for. I am hoping it looks nice. And is that actually you on camera for that? Or were you shooting other things? Like, tell me about making this video itself. The most difficult part of the video actually proved to be finding someone who was willing to help me shoot this video. Because I had this very specific vision as of about six months ago <laughs> that I decided I, I needed to have it. And I wanted someone playing with the deck of cards and performing nice card tricks, maybe a little bit of magic, just very nice display of this is what this deck looks like 
probably going to add a voiceover to wrap the whole thing together and just show it off a little bit because that's what it is. It's a deck of cards. A lot more, but a deck of cards. And I managed to find someone. Actually, earlier this week, we met up, talked stuff through, decided that we were going to shoot on Thursday, met up, got the shoot done. And so I have 40 minutes of really neat card tricks on my phone that I need to page through to find the shots I particularly like, put them together, and then I'll hopefully have a video. That's awesome. Did you do the card tricks or do you have someone else on on speed dial that you can call up and be like, yo, I need some illusions right now? (laughs) No, no, it is this gentleman. His name is Nick. He does magic here in the Twin Cities and he does the card tricks for me. It's really good. I'm excited to share that with people because he did some gorgeous work. Ever since I was a kid, I mean, probably everyone, ever since you first see someone do any sort of card trick, you're like, oh, God, I got to learn how to do that. In fact, I was watching mm-hmm. a card trick video, uh, the the elevator trick, like, three days ago, and I remember the opening to the video was like, hey, just remember, once you spoil this for yourself, you will always be spoiled on this trick. So mm-hmm. heads up, if you... You you will lose a piece of the magic if you learn it now. I will teach it, but I'm going to give about 10 seconds for you to stop. And there was a genuine part of me that was like, oh my god, do I, do I want to abandon here? Do I really want to know how this works? I ended up learning how it works. And in a way, I think it's even more magical now. I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to show someone else that, except I don't have the skill or talent. But... The, the that mystery that we were talking about earlier you know like it, it's just the this culture this this whole aesthetic that you've managed to imbue this deck with and and that's what's so awesome but you're not just carte rouge enigma emporium is going to do this kickstarter and then you're going to go on so before i let you go what is the future you're going to do this kickstarter and then what so We are going to be running this Kickstarter starting August 20th. And the fulfillment window on this one is actually going to be a chunk longer than on either of the postcard Kickstarters. And that is because playing card printing takes significantly longer. They need to be shipped overseas, et cetera, et cetera. And so we wanted to make sure we leave ourselves plenty of time there. And so this fall, when we were initially considering trying to run another Kickstarter, we are instead going to be releasing our first product directly to our web store. And that is Parabola. It is the conclusion to the Wish You Were Here series of postcards. So another postcard-based game. I actually just got my prototype copy from Logan earlier today. I am so excited to get into that. And... We'll see how that goes. I'm excited. It should go swimmingly, I'm sure. And then going into early this coming year, I am actually going to be tackling another Kickstarter. It's in development right now. The working title is The Occultist Collection, and it is sets of photographs. Oh. That's all I'm going to say on that for now. I like that. I really like that. Man, I I like that Logan has his consistent line here and then you are doing the side weird projects and together it just makes such a a wonderful beautiful partnership this is amazing well 
it has been awesome having you back onto the show, Kiara. Everyone should go check out the Cart Rouge Kickstarter. If you are watching this video, uh, I'll make sure to have links to our own review of Cart Rouge in the description. If you're listening to this on the podcast, then the Kickstarter should be up right now, and I'll have links to that in the show notes. Thank you again, Kiara, for coming onto the show. Thanks for having me, Jack. If you enjoyed this video, we have all kinds of other reviews, interviews, and recommendations via writing, podcasts, and video here on our channel and website CardboardHerald.com. Our content is audience-supported, so if you want to show your support, please visit our Patreon. Thank you so much for watching. This has been the Cardboard Herald.